Welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast that has the science and the screaming to unequivocally figure out what the best movie is of any given year. We are in the thick of our 2020 recap, so this episode is not about movies at all. It's about movies for the ears only, or as the populace calls them, albums. That's right. Best album of the year, 2020, here now. You guys get it. Uh, I am your host, Mike Gravano, and I want to say this: it was it was a fight for each of these shows who would be host of which. I earned my place by listening to over 110 albums that came out God in 2020, damn it. Wow. and tr- ranking them and tracking my favorite songs from each, uh, which has nothing to do with desperately grasping for some sort of control over the hellish year <laughs> that was 2020. I don't want to look into that behavior at all. Uh, I'm not here alone. It would be really trying to listen to me do this for an hour plus. Uh, with me from movie of the year, we have Greg. Hey, I am here. I have also listened to these albums, but they are like the 16 albums I listened to in 2020. <laughs> but I do have opinions about several. That's still more than most people. We have Ryan. Mike, can I ask you this? Uh, having listened to 120 albums, did the bracket sort of add up to what you thought it would or is like what you hoped it would? Yeah, I, I think we did a good representation of what's out there i'm a little disappointed that jeremy renner isn't on here just so you guys don't have to fucking listen to that it's the worst music i've heard in years that's that's not really how the bracket works though like this is what uh, we think the world thought was the best 16 albums our friend taylor put out an album of all harmonica music and honestly it is better than that jeremy renner oh for sure it has more heart it has more soul it has way less sexism also, our host, Mike, got to choose one album for the bracket. This is the top 15 albums of the year, plus Mike's pick, and he did not choose Jeremy Renner, so fuck him, not us. Well, I wanted to do you guys a favor and also introduce the world to this artist. Uh, we also have our pals from the Unnatural 20s. We have Books. Hey, I'm very excited uh, to get into this because, like Greg, these are the 16 albums I have listened to all year. <laughs> well, you probably listen to Evermore as well. Okay, yeah, I've listened to 17 albums this <laughs> There <year>. we go. <laughs> and a lot but of... But I made a playlist of them two together, so it's really one album in my heart. Yeah, and most people's, I think. <laughs> and McKenna, you hit, you hit like a lot of French music, right? Always. Yeah. I assume that's music. always there. Yeah. We have Caitlin. Yo, what's up? I did listen to songs this year, and these are 16 <laughs> albums. Yeah, I listened to them. They were good. Some what, of what, them. What? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I'm not going to ask you anything. And good we choice, have good Cassie. Choice. Hey, what's up? Uh, I just want you to know every comment I make, I'll say it's about the album we're talking about, but it's really going to be about the Jeremy Renner album. I'm just getting my feelings out while I, I can because like you guys didn't put it on the bracket. The one unfortunate thing about not talking about Jeremy Renner album is we might not get to use the term soundscape a lot. Mm. Yeah. Or atmospheric, mm. you know. He certainly uses yeah. it more in any interview you've ever heard when he talks <laughs> about his album. Was did Jeremy Renner write the album after watching his daughters and his wife blip away? Is that <laughs> yeah. was that the impetus? <laughs> yeah. That's so heartfelt. It's a lot of like new grunge meets the cure. <laughs> no, unfortunately, let's get this out of the way now. It really feels like the only band he's ever liked is Buck Cherry. That feels like the oh, biggest oh, fucking influence oh. is that crazy bitch band. <sighs> all right. Uh, so in the preview episode, we've all already talked about what album we wish was on here. So we're not going to do that. So instead, uh, I want to know what everybody's predictions for tonight are going to be. Like, I think that tonight we'll finally see the death match we've been waiting for between Caitlin and Books over who's the biggest T-Swift fan. 
that's gonna go down <laughs> and i'm putting 10 bucks on it ryan what do you got what is your prediction for the the evening a sawbuck is that what a sawbuck is I, I think it's a sawbuck what the fuck does that mean i think it's ten dollars <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay uh my big prediction is i think for the first time in uh best of the year history we have a group a band a, a grouping of people who have two albums on the same bracket yeah. And I think this does not double their chances of winning. I think it cuts it in half. I think my my hot take is that Swalt is out of here. Oh dang! That is a that is that is ooh! Don't touch that stove. It's hot. Hot. It's it's a hot take, Mike. <laughs> Cassie, what is, what is your prediction of the evening? My prediction of the evening is that uh, this is this will be the one that like breaks this group apart because it's all <laughs> going to come down to Bob Dylan and people's opinions on Bob Dylan, mm. and within that's going to make or break people. I feel it's going to be very heated as it's to if be, it's music. If you're if you're older than twenty five, listeners, just skip ahead five minutes when we start talking about Bob Dylan because to hear three. <laughs> Zillennials scream old as high as they can is going to really hurt our ears. Old. Okay, but wait, we are older than 25. So. I know. I was de-aging you. I mean, in age you are, yes. Thank you. And Cassie, correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't every bracket have something like this? Every year you have to come yeah. in and be like, Green Day? Who's this? Who's They're so old. Yeah. It's so weird. Normally it's it's Pearl Jam, and this year it's Bob Dylan. <laughs> Next year evil. it's going to be Weezers, you guys. Uh, Fuck they're me. not going to make they they will uh, here's my uh history predict, prediction they will never make another bracket of albums again. Yeah. Check that, out 2021's okay human that's all I'll say. Not a hot take Mike. I uh, we all know that this is a show with a lot of screaming to <laughs> except and a lot of science. Point. Yeah, we and say it. And a lot it. of science. Um There's speakers like on the wall. Gonna- this is going to be the first year with a lot of crying as well. I just get that Ooh. feeling. Like I don't know if it's 2020 or the albums that we're talking about, but I think tears are going to be shed. I That's like a hot that take. Condition. Who's going to cry? Who's the odds-on favorite to cry, McKenna? <laughs> I'm picking Cassie. I'm leading towards I'm Cassie. Ball. She's first so time emotional. In much. Greg? My hot take is that we will, for the first time ever, have a winner of Best Album of the Year that includes, and I am not joking, a saxophone solo. Not an ironic <laughs> Not an ironic, not ironic saxophone solo, not like a can you believe we did this, but an honest to God, this song is now cutting to sax for 15 seconds, and you're going to listen to this guy boodly boodly. Like, that is a great, <laughs> boodly boodly, that is a great prediction just because it is more than half the album. Yeah, it's, 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 seriously. it's a lot of them. <laughs> it doesn't matter if they're pop, it doesn't matter if they're funk, like each of these albums takes a little bit of time to devote to the weirdest sounding instrument of all time, the saxophone. <laughs> is it a wind? Is it yeah. a brass? Who knows? We do it all. It's kind of just like a before. weird hooting. Sounds like an owl got caught in an air Hoot. duct. <laughs> and our final prediction of the evening, at least in the official prediction section, Caitlin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So my prediction tonight, uh, we have the blood, we have the sweat, we have the tears. Um, I think that we're actually going to all weep internally and externally, even our listeners, because they're going to hear one of us sing the songs that are on this bracket, even while it's playing. And yeah. uh, they're going to be moved to tears and they're going to vomit and they're going to bleed and sweat at the same time. So, so not cry out of disgust. No, because they, well, like, they're going to cry for a reason. Spiritually moved. Yeah. Out of, out of reverence. She, yeah, she didn't say why crying. She just said crying. Why yeah, crying? She's going to do it. <laughs> Thor, why crying? <laughs> we, we're going to take a break and then we are going to dive right in. 
Round one, battle one is your number one seed of the bracket, Fiona Apples. Fetch the bolt cutters. I move with the trees in the breeze. I know the time is elastic. That's right. Yeah, this is the soundtrack to Quar. Time yeah. is elastic. <laughs> I'm angry slamming things around my house. Uh, versus your number 16 seed, Eve's Tumor, Heaven is a Tortured Mind. I fucking love this song. All right, taste buds. The number one seed versus the 16th seed is not as bananas of a battle as you would expect. Okay. Fiona Apple is the reigning queen of singer-songwriter art pop, consistently creating albums that make the music industry gasp from their ingenuity and catchiness. Fetch of the Bull Cutters pushes her even further, focusing on experimentation and found percussion that helps create songs that subvert traditional pop structure. Meanwhile, Eve's Tumor's fourth album, Heaven is a Tortured Mind, continues their experimentation with future soul, psychedelic pop, and ambient loops while making the most personal album of their career. So, Greg, I ask you this. Who walks the balance between experimental music and pop better? The heavily layered electronic production of Eve's Tumor or the acoustic angle of Everything Can Be an Instrument of Fiona Apple? I guess restricted to that question, I would think that it's Eve's Tumor. Um, Ooh. Uh, specifically with like the experimental sound, because I, you know, for everything this album is by Fiona Apple, it, it sounds like from her sonic catalog and that it doesn't feel like that's as quite, quite as diverse as Eve's tumor, who has this electronica style that seems to borrow from like every genre and be almost like, you know, part of this like overwhelming electronica sound that mm-hmm. develops sometimes that's not the to say that you know that means that the 16th ranked album is better than the first ranked album but just along that one axis i think yeah you know. this is just an avenue in that is yeah. not well it's number one obviously it's fiona apple i yeah. wanted to give eves a, a fighting chance and here. you know th- i think that we have a proud history on this show of having artists like this in the first round usually seated around 16 experimental sounding and i think we have to give a shout out to sophie who uh, was on the bracket last year uh and who like probably created like um, a pathway for artists like eve's tumor to like express themselves and even a sonic space where they could exist and the idea that we're recording it uh on the day where we're learning that sophie died is is you know kind of very sad but it gives an opportunity to to mention her in this context. And I think that like uh, with our 16th seated artists, typically you could say one of two things. One, uh, what the fuck? How are, how did you get in the door to this club? Uh, or two, you're going to be next. You're going to be way higher yeah. next time you come <laughs> up with that album. And I think that Eve tumor is definitely that. Eve's is really good at creating like how we were saying with the experimental, like it straight up sounds like they are creating a new sound. Like there are notes, they combined stuff to make like new notes. It feels so like, and then it gets Fiona Apple, you know, like her experimental is like, let's throw a dog bark in there and see if people can bob their heads to it. Where Eve's is straight, like <laughs> making their own thing. Okay. I mean, that sounds reductive. I- she also said, is this cabinet a drum? Is this spoon in a bowl a drum? Everything's a drum. She got into Auntie Donna. Everything's a drum. (laughs) Everything's a drum. I think one of the the triumphs of East Timor is while doing so many new things and still 
being very experimental. It never left you on the edge of like, is this mm-hmm. good or do I like this? It was still very enjoyable. It's less annoying than some of yes. these other artists. Or yes, and I think that's yeah. hard to do. The, the bigger thing is that is that like the whole like, oh, this is just experimental. This is only wants right. to be experimental. Eve Sumer has that thing of like, oh, but now it's jamming. Okay, yes. but like so, it like maybe think about a lot of things. But now this this is a fucking banger. Well, yeah, but what what a lot of what what Eve's does, and what a lot of it seems like Eve's generation does better experimental isn't just like is this still music? It is still respecting what pop can be, and there is hooks and catchiness and and grooves and pleasant sounds. Uh, and if you were huge into the faint in high school like I was, you missed this voice. And Eves brings back this voice horde. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> they bring like a bunch of, it has soul to the music. Like you feel like a whole like emotion to each of these songs. Were you guys pissed off though with this first track where it would just cut? And then be silent and then keep going. Like you had a disc man and it didn't have the shock protection and you were just walking around town. And that that's a lot for me to take right on the first track. Why was the shock protection not just built in permanently? Yeah. Why it was a button you had a switch. Yeah. Because that used way more battery. Oh, way more battery. Yeah. (laughs) So they wanted you to have the ability to turn that off just in case you were sitting there very calmly. I never am, Greg. I never am. (laughs) Why would I be listening to my Walkman if I'm sitting there calmly? No, I'm clearly on the bus. So I, I think the, the, we've talked about the, the different musicality of these two, but like lyrically or who do you feel like you know better as a human and an artist between these two albums? That's so it's hard to restrict it to just the albums, I guess, is the problem. Yeah. With me. With, because with Fiona Apple, I mean, now this is like at this point, even for us oldies, like this is someone we grew up listening mm-hmm. to, you know, and she kind of resets what music is with like each of her albums that comes out. So right. like, you know, it, I feel like I know her. I feel like she's almost part of my family or something. <laughs> and so it's that that's a big lift for someone like whose album I had not heard until this like assignment. Yeah, it's it's odd that so much of the critical world is saying this is Eve's most personal album. They're like you it they're not hiding anymore. I'm like having no other framework. Yeah. I don't know if I can tell you what kind of person Eve's is here. <laughs> like it's still out there. I should tell you guys before we vote, and actually, this is Mike's doing. Mike is the one who made this happen, but I own Fetch the Bolt Cutters on vinyl. So, Ooh, that's cool. Like this fancy boy. I, you guys can all like uh, log off Zoom right now, because I'm going to handle this whole music bracket just based on that one fact. <laughs> based on that, yeah. So, so Ryan's thrown his vinyl dick right in our faces. <laughs> I guess throughout throughout the show... We will all say a different gift someone else on the show has given us. I guess that's a new trend Ryan's creating. <laughs> but it does feel like it's time to vote. And starting right away, every vote's going to hurt. Caitlin. Uh, Ice Tumor. Oh, shit. Oh, I Whoa, love going to Caitlin yeah. first. I love going to Caitlin first. I think it's much the more experimental. Um, <laughs> Then Fiona, Apple, like Greg was kind of saying, it kind of sticks in her realm, whereas Ives Tumor, it's something new, and I love it. So, sticking with them. Hey, Mike, I know you hate when I do this to give you hosting advice live on air, but go to Caitlin last, because that will <laughs> fuck up a segment. <laughs> Greg. Uh, yeah, I think in a lot of ways, it's not a fair contest, but... Um, 
Fiona Apple, when this album came out, it was it felt like one of the first good things to happen in Quar, and it felt like getting to see an old friend or something. And each eight these, years, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, I love her, Fiona Apple, definitely. And her last, it being eight years, realized how long we've been pop filtering because her album won our best albums bracket that year. <laughs> we've been doing this way too long. <laughs> Books. Uh, you know what? I've really enjoyed Eve's Tumor, Tumor's album. I think they are doing a lot. And I did have to constantly remind myself that it's like not just what album you enjoyed immediately that gets your vote or what one's you know connected with uh, the first listen you got a regular listen so for that reason it is fiona apple but i still think people should check out heaven to a tortured mind and i think it, it's definitely an album that the more you listen the more it opens up yeah a tortured mm-hmm. mind. It, 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 at first i went and then i went uh. <laughs> ryan i think that's the case with all albums on here except for mike your pick now that's what i call music 47 which <laughs> <laughs> It is, it is whatever. <laughs> uh, I, uh, yeah, good job, Eve Stumer. But uh, Fiona Apple's in this bracket, and let's move on. Cassie, you don't need to vote, but let's hear what it would be. Oh, thank you. Uh, it would, it would be Fiona Apple. Eve's has a lot of room to grow. Do check it out because they made a great album. But yeah, Fiona. Yeah, it losing right now does not mean it's a bad album. Fiona Apple, you move on. Eves, we'll see you later. Round one, battle two is your eighth seed, Waxahachie's St. Cloud. Continuing. Musgraves of the year. Mm-hmm. Every year's got to have one. <laughs> Often, one year it's Waxahachie, the next year it's Musgraves, and they just go back and forth. Never the two go up against each other. Versus your ninth seed and my submission to the bracket, Barty Strange, Live Forever. Right there, that M83 shit. Hard to pick one song that sounds like representative. We picked the song I heard first that made me go, I like music again. <laughs> All right. 8v9. At this point, Waxahachie is indie rock slash alt country royalty, and St. Cloud continues her reign as she perfectly blends her dynamic vocals around songs of addiction, recovery, and codependency. Meanwhile, Barty Strange is the newest artist on the bracket, putting out an EP of national covers and his debut album Live Forever out in 2020. Live Forever blends jazz, indie, and hip-hop seamlessly introduce the world to a fully formed worldview of a new artist. Books, I ask you this. Though these albums are sonically incredibly different, why do they both make host Mike weep? (laughs) (laughs) I think there's something about both of these albums that give you not only so much insight to the artists themselves, but to the world around you, and at the same time make you appreciate things around you and hate the world Books. around you and what's going on. <laughs> and damn, it's heartbreaking and brilliant. I like that. Anybody else can beat that? Why does this make me cry? <laughs> because one is set in like a full country vibe. It's going to take you to those back roads, while the other one is specifically tailored to you, I feel, with like, it's almost pop punk, but with an indie switch to it. And it kind of just alights your old, like, your memories and your soul. 
You said you're old. You just slipped that in. <laughs> you're old. You're, you're, old. you're, you're old, old memories. Your memories. <laughs> it's a, I mean, it's about it, there's two artists that primarily explore their own weakness and failings, right? And and mm-hmm. make that like you know mm-hmm. rather than any songs that glorify them in any way or songs that excessively tear down other people. It's just a lot of songs of like I am falling apart, and here's what that sounds like. <laughs> Yeah, I think Beautiful. that's the crucial point. Just like not just with this battle, but with this bracket, is that uh, there's not a lot of Chris Classic songs. And Chris Classic is the guy who did the song for uh, the Godzilla versus Kong trailer. Uh, there's not a lot of I just try every day and I try so hard and then I win, win, win and I <laughs> yeah, push seriously? you in the mouth, <laughs> pushing uh, the weights. We do a, on this bracket is a lot of people saying like, "Oh, I'm just gonna slice myself open and." Uh, Cut myself open. Yeah, they're all gems like that. that. They have great albums, and I—I guess this is—I don't know what this comes down to. uh, Who is the most real in their album, or what is the genre that you're into more? And this covers all of the genres. We have like country, but also all of the Mm -hmm. types of singer songwriter genres you can have. And then Barty Strange is like, no, fucking spin the wheel every track. I'll just do it. Barty Strange is the realest album we have on this, I think. I mean, singing about actively, like, relapsing, mm-hmm. like, as you're putting the album out, and, and not, like, glorifying that, but being very honest about it. But that yeah, felt it's like, interesting having the two uh, addiction albums go up against each other. That, yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> Waxahachie's not being coy on this album. Like, she's making us go through her shit as well. Barty Strange, it did... Uh, like he's the one who codified music for me in the modern era where we've talked about for a while, there's all these different genres and he's the one where I listened. I was like, Oh, it's all genres at once. It's no mm-hmm. longer those chunks. Yeah. And this was the album. And I was like, wait, so many of the albums do this, but it was he like, <laughs> he's doing it very well. And to watch everybody figure out how to try to label this them, album. Have a, sorry. Did this album have a saxophone solo though? It sure does. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. This is one of them. <laughs> And just such different views of anger and taking on the world. I, I can't. I can't do it. I don't want to vote. I, I can't do it. Uh, Caitlin, which one of these artists makes you want to hang out with them more? Um, <laughs> I was really surprised with Barty Strange. I'd never heard of them before. You told us to listen to this album, and it's so much. It's like a fun, sad journey throughout this whole album. So I would like to. I think Barty Strange would be. I guess my best one to hang out with um if you would just wanted to chill or something i guess waxahachie it oh, is weird how fun party strange is considering the subject matter the songs a lot of them are really up-tempo and- <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> wait who- you want to jam it then you hear the words and you're like oh yeah. fuck. <laughs> who did caitlin vote for I don't know. She did. Oh, she, I'm but, voting. She said both of their oh. names and pulled out. Oh, I didn't know I was voting. I'm sorry. Uh, no, you didn't vote. You didn't vote yet. Oh, we're not okay. voting yet. <laughs> we were voting to who do you want to hang out with? Um, does this at this point we've we've fucked with Waxahachie before? We know her oove. She's been on one of the best album of the year brackets. And Barty's again is the the newest, fresh, covered in gunk baby artist we have. Is is does either of those? I don't know what to expect, and I do know what to expect. Uh, prop one of them up or down. I uh, I yeah I, I think it sort of does because again I think that Barty Strange I think that this is Barty Strange's worst album. Mm. You know, and the fact that it's his first makes me think that like if this is your fucking freshman effort, I think that I think that like we are going to hear a lot of great things from him. Yeah. Whereas Waxahachie, 
has reached that level of like, oh, I just I just shit gold. She knows her tools and exactly what place to put them. Yeah. I know how tools work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I, I guess I, I this was my first ever Waxahachie album. And so I came to this as, as fresh as if it was Barty Strange. And you never can account for whether an album just catches you at a weird time or it just doesn't deliver something that you want. But um, I felt like... I just couldn't connect with this album. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt very country to me, which is okay. That's fine. But it, it's weird that it's billed as alternative because it's like, I mean, am I crazy? This feels like just like a straight country album. It's it's The, the Musgraves uh, comparison is apt because both of them aren't just called country. And some fans get angry when you say it's country. Country uh-huh. just means bad to some people. Uh-huh. And it really does feel like people trying to skirt any like... <laughs> Any weight country has on it. Any preconceived notions. Like the way Margaret Atwood doesn't was... want her books to be called science fiction. Yeah. She wants them to be speculative fiction. <laughs> yes. I was d- uh, digging in. This is my first Waxahachie album, too. It's my first time coming to it. And um, I did a little, like, little research. And this is the first album that she embraces like her twang. In the past oh. albums, she's always avoided. Because of and jerks so like me. Res- yeah. 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 <laughs> I do respect her billing her as alternative, even though this blends into country. Because I think there's something about the artist, you know, identifying where their music yeah. falls, even if they have a well, twang. Just- just the so. fucking name. Like, when I saw that name on the bracket, I was like, hell no. I'm not listening <laughs> to something called Waxahachie. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it it does, like, going back to Out in the Storm, which was her last album in, like, 2016, 17, uh, it does feel like she's free on this album. Like, embracing that twang makes Sonically so much more interesting than yeah. another singer-songwriter. Adding that country dash in makes it open up in a, in a really neat way. Adding the twang and then also that like this was her sober album, so she like it's so open. Is it's really yeah. the openness between like the musicality of it with the country feel and it just like kind of invites you in, and then to have her be so open with her struggles is like a really cool combo. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Ryan, you looked a lot of emotions right there. What was well, that? I hope I hope to one day write my sober album. Uh, <laughs> oh, buddy. We all do. We all hope you write that album. It is time to vote. And I don't remember where we started before. So, Greg. Yeah, I think um, a certain degree of prejudice is showing here on my part. But I just couldn't engage with Waxahachie. And the Barty Strange, I just felt like I was sitting next to this guy in a trap house being like, oh, dude, I don't think we're supposed to be here right now. (laughs) And him being like, yeah, I know. I don't think we are either. You and Barty are just staring at Alfred Molina being like, oh, no, there's firecrackers getting thrown all around here. I was just very impressed with this. And uh, I thought it was cool. You kind of found this 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 artist for us, Mike, and brought it to us. And I, I, I he's a good one. I like him. Yes. So Barty's think, strange, obviously. The music video he made for Seth Meyers, because they can't just play on anymore, is awesome. Yeah. Uh, books. So I really, really loved this Waxahachie album. Um, it's It's definitely... Uh, something that I want Ooh, to that Oh, no. <laughs> because <laughs> because I, I really think it's doing so much. I, I do think maybe it's because I haven't listened to previous albums, but I, this was my first one. And I like Greg, I immediately connected to Barty Strange so much more. And I just, I loved it. I love the shit out of the album. I'm so sad I took so long to listening oh. to it because, yeah, it's 
it's amazing. So that's got my vote. Oh my goodness, this is oh what an upset. <laughs> the Ryan. whole the, the whole point of brackets is to like see if there's upsets. But right now, and I'm, this one's I, very upsetting to you. I'm perplexed, <laughs> and it's not even that I hate Barney Strange. I love the album, but the whole idea of upsets like makes me makes my chest hurt. Um, but that's not why I'm going with Waxahachie. It's just a better. It's a more focused, more secure album, and I do believe that Barney Strange second album will be two times better than the first one. <laughs> Waxahachie. There we go. The one for Waxahatch. Cassie. Whew. It's a real, this is probably like one of the toughest brackets for me because Waxahachie just, it is like, it's kind of precision with her album there. It's a, it's a strong album, but Barty Strange, like alighted so much joy in me. Like I, I almost ran around my room once I found like you brought in a song and I listened to that first one and I was just so excited because like I've never had something like, I could not contain how much I love this album. So it's going to be biased for me, too, but I'm, I'm going to vote for Barty's. Holy, Holy shit. Holy shit. That's three for Barty Strange. I want to jump in here just because why not? Uh, Barty Strange is my submission. Waxahachie is my yeah. most gone to album of the year. Me too, Once we've done all the initial listens, uh, I cannot get her out of my head. Uh, I love Barty Strange. I cannot wait to see what it is, but I, I don't think there's a more undeniable put-together album than St. Cloud. My vote is for Waxahachie. So we have three to two. Caitlin, yes. your vote really decides whether this is a tie, and then I get v- vice president voting rules as well, or whether Barty <laughs> Strange moves on. Um, Mike, I think you killed it with this pick. Waxahachie did a really great job at making a really good cohesive album, but Barty Strange was as fun as hell, and I did like it, even though it did have sad content, so I'm going to go with Barty Strange. Oh my Barty. god, I love yeah. it. Either way, it feels wrong, but I picked it so so right. Barty Strange, Live Forever, moves on. Waxahachie, which I feel like should have actually taken this whole bracket down, is gone right now. We're, We're so bad at this. Quick break. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break so Ryan can recover. And when we come back, your next battle. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening so far. And let me just tell you that everything ahead of this commercial is much better than what came before it. That's my guarantee. While I have you here, let me tell you about a website. It's called yourpopfilter.com. And it's everything you need that's related to Pop Filter. Everything Mike, everything Ryan, everything Greg, everything Cassie, everything is there at yourpopfilter.com. While you're there, go to yourpotfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your new Amazon bookmark and do your shopping from there. That way, we get a little piece of the action and Amazon doesn't. Make sure you're also listening to everything that Pop Filter has to offer, which includes the Superhero Show Show, a podcast that covers every single TV show that's based on a comic book or comic book property, and Movie of the Year where we sit down and try and figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. That's Superhero Show Show. That's Movie of the Year. And that's YourPopFilter.com. Rate, subscribe, review. Bye. Round one. Battle three. Run the Jewels, RTJ4. Oh, yeah. This, didn't we put this song on the mixtape? I think so. It's a song about that architect, Ah Wee Wee. 
Killer Mike and LP <laughs> versus your number five seed, Chaim, Women in Music, part three. Yeah, that is them. That is them. They're no longer on the wire. One of those sax solos we've talked about. There you go. I think. <laughs> An ode to that city we all have complicated relationships with. About 30 minutes north of us. But always somehow in our hearts. Place you go to see good improv. And also middling improv. And also bad improv. (laughs) Run the Jewels wrote and recorded the album Wonk Anthem to the Black Lives Matter protest to the summer of 2020 before the tragic death of George Floyd ever occurred. We're retaining their amalgam of anger, humor, cultural criticism, and Zach De La Rocha cameos on RTJ4. Heim's third album, Women Music Part 3, matures their jangly guitar, forward, pop rock, sonically and lyrically, while also cutting loose and relaxing more than any of their previous albums. Ryan, I ask you this. Which album shows more of an evolution and makes the better argument for a long-lasting career? I think that the evolution would have to go to Heim, because I think that this is their... Uh, I think that this is the album that shows that they can do the uh, bangingest pop hits that should be on the radio and then also the sad songs like it like we have the mix of Dua Lipa and you know Waxahachie all on the same album yeah I think that what that's what we might be looking for here and and so many bands for the last 10 years are like remember the 80s and uh Haim went fuck that y'all remember the 70s Fleetwood (laughs) Mac (laughs) yeah and I, I I do think that this is a bracket of like hey do you remember blank you know, there's a oh, lot yeah. of things that are like making us remember, like go back in time to remember something else. My issue, though, is that when they are current and bopping and making bangers, I really like this album. And when they're not, I sort of tune out. And that's tune out hard, right? Some like snoozers. Yeah. And that's something that Run the Jewels sort of never lets me do. Well, yeah. so the, the whole room, the whole Zoom room went, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, because, what you know, when you are listening to these albums for this show, you're listening in such a way where you're trying to, like, form an impression, right? And so you notice when suddenly you have just stopped listening to the music and started thinking about something. And this album, Haim's album, has a lot of really good tracks that hold your attention, but there's several where I think they're very comfortable as artists. They have evolved. They have nothing to prove, and they certainly have nothing to prove to me but they kind of lost my focus a little bit. And so it, it's mm-hmm. like, I feel like I have like run the jewels made a huge impression on me with this album, with this particular album, but they made an impression on me with maybe particular songs, but the album as a whole left right. me a little bit cold, I guess. Luke, well, nothing is bad in this whole bracket. So not bad, but yeah. just not blown away by the same way. And I, I like that you brought up the I- album. Like what? It, what is creating an album yeah. versus just here's ten songs we made? I mean, Books, like the, the conceit on the Run the Jewels album of like Yankee and the Brave. Mm-hmm. It, not only does that give cohesion to the album, but those are the best tracks on the album, or yeah. maybe not the best, but they're like the most fun mm-hmm. tracks on the album. Yeah, they're really having fun, and they've defined like like Haim. They have now perfectly defined who they are as a group. But I guess, unlike Haim, they also both came in with careers. So mm-hmm. it is an interesting comparison there. Well, it's funny because LP has a line on one of the songs uh, where basically, like, 
he he feels like they are just popping off now at mm-hmm. the end of the world. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> He's not wrong. All right, books for the fourth time. You're allowed to talk. <laughs> it's been a few like little... Uh, 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 and uh, trying to think, and it just gave me more time yeah. to think. So this better be fucking flawless. Say, which, yeah. <laughs> oh no, it's it's a, full of a lot of doubt. I really enjoyed Women in Music Part Three. I thought it was great, but to kind of go off of Greg's point, in that there were so many times where yeah, I I tuned out and I wasn't listening. This album is doing what a lot of the other albums in this whole. Um, 16 brackets are doing talking about real issues depression getting into tougher topics i just don't think it's going as hard and it's not letting us in Mm. as much and that's why it's easier to tune it out it's not experimenting sonically or musically or even lyrically to constantly force our attention onto either these issues or what they are struggling with and it it does make it a little less do you think it would it would be a better album if they weren't dealing with hard issues at all then it's because they dipped their toes in and other people did that same thing hitting the gas more and did it better yeah i think so i think because we touched on those personally for me but we felt like we stayed a little bit too surface level on some of the songs it made it less right powerful so it's not that you're saying difficult issues makes better it's it's how they're tackling them versus how other people even i mean run the jewels is a band that has a lot of fun but they are also a band that reminds you of the terrible world right outside our window exactly and yeah if you're going to take them on you've got to go all the way you can't be a little bit hesitant or laid back about mm-hmm. some of them in my opinion yeah that's where this matchup i don't know if you guys did it intentionally but it kind of like in my eyes hurt him because the issues that they're dealing with is just so wildly on like a different level especially in this year where like and you to go back to your question mike where you said like which one grew more like i do believe that it is Haim expanded more with this album but that's because Run the Jewels doesn't have the option. Well, they do have the option, but they're not. As long as they need to say these messages, they're going to say these messages. So, and they've said, like, they were like, we'd love to make dumb songs, but, like, it's still like this. So we are going to yeah. keep doing this. So, like, they're simply like, this is what they're going to do, and they fucking do it good. Yeah, they wish they could sing Mouth on My Dick All Day. Yeah. Every song. <laughs> but, Which is I a guess, fun song. Is oh, that sounds one. great. But unfortunately, Killer Mike is looking around and nobody will talk any sense. And so he's like, I guess I have to, although I would rather do fun socks. Yeah. <laughs> but I have to be like the voice of reason in this country, even though I made my stage name Killer Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I cannot wait to vote for President Killer Mike. <laughs> that's what like everybody wants him to run and he's like i want nothing to do with that he was like i don't i don't love being this prophet that i am right now but like (laughs) in in trigger warning his netflix show he creates a new society and even there like he he creates a society for 30 people and very quickly he's like i don't want to do this and backs (laughs) out (laughs) like he's like i want to have the ideas and just let people who will be better at this fucking do it which yeah. is why I think he would be a great president. And that, but yeah. see, the problem is that what are the, what's the group of better people? Because right, honestly, he seems to have a better moral compass than most people. So who's mm-hmm. he going to rely on? So what we want is Killer Mike to write Haim's lyrics, and then have <laughs> Haim harmonize to everything that he writes. Oh, and man. then of course get Mike De La Rocha on there. Wow, that Zach De La Rocha. <laughs> yeah, but the, that be. that I I do so think of that. Who's evolved more? It's obviously Haim sonically, uh, but. They, they they frequent with Zach Taylor Richards so much and uh, 
Rage was another band who like their sound is codified immediately, but then they just keep doing it so well you can't roll your eyes. You're like, here's another Rage song, and it fucking rules, and that mm-hmm. feels like Run the Jewels. Yeah, every Each Rage album, song is like, I'm a Rage against the machine, and then they're like, <laughs> well. They did tell us they were going to do that. Right. Like, and every Run the Jewels song says, we're going to run on those jewels. And you're like, you did it again. I mean, I, I, all four RTJ albums have been in brackets, and I yep. cannot tell the difference. I could not tell it. Like, if you played a song for me, I could not be like, hmm, Run the Jewels 2, I believe that is from. Like, there's no way. Which I is could their that. strongest album, but you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, they, they know, because be, I think because they both had the solo careers, and LP might be like one of the best working hip hop producers today. Um, like each one is going to sound fucking flawless. Mm-hmm. Also, if we cut out Haim right now, we actually don't because they appear on six other of the albums that are in the bracket. <laughs> oh so that's totally fine. Uh, hey, Haim, maybe pay attention more to your own album in 2020 and it would have mm-hmm. gone farther. Also, this uh, is on the short list of best albums to work out to on this list we're going to get to a couple other in the next matchup but this is a good one like if you gotta if you gotta hit up the elliptical or the exercise bike throw on probably any run the jewels but including this year's run the jewels Mm -hmm. get those legs pumping now greg when you this has nothing to do with the brackets do you listen to an album at a time or do you like make workout mixtapes I don't make mixes. I, li- I tend to listen to albums, so I have, which is, makes it a little tough uh, because you have to find albums that like bang all the way through, yeah. and there's not that many. Uh, but then sometimes I'll, I'll, I will do a playlist just to make sure you have all killer and none of the filler, Mike. No filler. Yeah. Do you ever listen to all killer, no filler? <laughs> no. By Sum no, 41? Absolutely Sometimes not. we just want get, to get to know our bracket members a little more. <laughs> all right. It is time to vote Cassie. I think I already know where literally everybody's going to go, but let's pretend there's drama. Cassie, what are we doing? Uh, Yeah, it, like, hey, great job, but it's got to be Run the Jewels. Ryan. Uh, this was closer than you would think. Uh, a lot of the, the brackets or a lot of the battles in the first round were hard for me, or not, not hard for me, but this one was a little bit difficult, but it's obviously Run the Jewels. Caitlin. Um, I've listened to other Haim albums and did not like them. And this was really surprising for me because I actually like enjoyed this Haim album, but it's obviously going to be run the jewels much better yeah, books. <laughs> oh, you know, it's going to be run the RTJ. jewels. Greg, just for posterity's sake. I bet for Haim fans, they really, really liked this album. I think that's who it's for more than <laughs> anybody else. This run the jewels album though is for music fans. Run the jewels. Oh, you're burnt. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and not in an inclu- exclusive way. I, I think this is Haim's best album versus arguably Run the Jewels' worst album. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still yeah. Run the Jewels. <laughs> uh, let's try Women in Music Part 4, I guess, Haim. Uh, <laughs> your next album battle is your fifth seed, Dua Lipa's Future Nostalgia. <laughs> nice. So atmospheric. Is this a Are fun we blade sound? running? Are we blade running right now? <laughs> the first time I listened to this, the lights came down in my kitchen and smoke just filled. <laughs> Which I have to look into why that happened. I think it's electric. Oh, yeah, that is a fire hazard. It was probably Very Dua Lipa. I feel like this is a name I have heard a lot, but I had never listened to one of her albums. And I'm really glad we got the opportunity to. To go to sleep when Uh-oh. I got you. I'm gonna start pedaling really fast. Yeah. Okay, normally we'd cut it off by now, but come on. 
I think Mike is giving away who's going to win this one. All right. Oh, this, song, this song is on, is on the playlist. It's so good. Yeah, it is. You're, okay. That's your number five seed, Dual People's Future Nostalgia, versus your number 12 seed, uh, Rina Sawaya. Sa- Greg, you do it perfectly. Sawayama. Sawayama's titular album, Sawayama. <laughs> did I do it wrong immediately? No, you did great. Okay. You say Greg wrong, which is weird. Greg? <laughs> Strong choice board to put the best song of the album on for this. It sucks these two have to go against each other. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree. It's a tough draw for both of them. I'm gonna get to the chorus on this. This is another good workout playlist. Yep. Album and song. And it teaches us French. Yeah, it's like so global. It's cool. It feels like you know the jet going on around the world. Without bragging about it, like <laughs> yeah. Alan Bethao would. Yeah, you are. Very confident. <laughs> All right. The number five versus number 12 spot is the battle between the Brits, both trying to create the strongest dance bops as we put Dua Lipa's future nostalgia against Rina Sawayama's Sayawama. Damn it. It's hard to say two in a row. Dua Lipa's future nostalgia <laughs> is the British pop singer's second album. In order to create it, Dua enlisted her favorite writers and producers to help her create an album that gives us a nostalgic disco pop feel inspired from her own childhood. And it spawned five hit singles, which is hard these days. Damn. Sarama comes from the pop spot by playing on nostalgia a bit as well and paying homage to the great early 2000 artists, Korn, Trapped. Instead of focusing on creating a solely pop album, Rina throws in a unique blend of avant pop, heavy metal, and dance. Caitlin, I ask you this. Which album was more successful at creating a sense of nostalgia while simultaneously making it impossible to sit in your chair and not dance along? Oh my God, Mike, that is the hardest fucking question because I, okay, first of all, I'd listened to Rina Sawayama like beforehand, but I had not listened to her full album and I didn't realize how much like of a perfect album it is and it throws you right into like the 90s, 2000s, like there's Britney Spears, there's all this and you get all that nostalgia, corn. And then you also like Evanescence, like, dude. Can we all admit bang? now Evanescence is a great band? <laughs> no, there's no reason to admit that. <laughs> um, but to answer your question, Mike, if we could blend both these albums together, that would be the perfect dance album. So I don't, I don't know. I can't tell. I can't pick one. It's so hard. Diplomatic. Feels like a real non-answer, Mike. <laughs> yeah, somebody, somebody's trying to get a job with both of these artists. Oh man. For me, it's uh, it's it's Rina Sawayama. Like this album, it created such a feeling, such a personality, and every track carries that to the next and adds a little bit to it until I feel like I know who she is, where she came from, what her problems are, like who she's <laughs> trying to be, what the struggles are with that. Because uh, Greg, when Greg listens to an album, he's always like, "What is your problem?" And then <laughs> the album continues. He's like, "Oh, okay, okay, cool." And I mean, this borrows from like funk and from hard rock and, and corn from, and from corn. <laughs> yes, right, and corn. Uh, and it's just I don't know. I was like excited by all the things this album did, and it does it in a, in a lot of fun ways. This was like my big discovery personally of the mm-hmm. year. Like I had never heard of her before, and now I can say I'm a huge fan of hers. And this is like probably one of my favorite albums from from 2020. I think so too. I think that this Dua Lipa album. Is <laughs> is perfect. I think that it's uh, it's super tight. Like you would expect so much filler on an album like this, and it doesn't have it. A pop album, right? Like yeah. it should be all over the place. There should be a, a lot of like uh, I'm 
not a girl, but not yet a woman type songs on this album. <laughs> but there's not. Isn't she lucky? But this uh, Sabayama album, just every single song, I was like, what? What? <laughs> no. <laughs> are what are these choices right now? Uh, I don't know, dude. But in a good way or a bad way? Oh, in an absolutely good way. Yeah, okay. It just felt like every once in a while, Slash would come on stage and just start, like, (laughs) put a foot on his hat even bigger than usual. (laughs) I know know part of it is is a function of being older, but I'm not, like, grumpy old yet. So, so much of what happens in music, I'm just like, what is going on? But in a good way, like, this is crazy. (laughs) I'm thinking, like, 100 Gags or Dorian Electra or the late Sophie or, like, East Tumor. Like, you know, like... (laughs) You too. So much. So much <laughs> they're so weird. <laughs> the monkeys. People say they monkey around. Books, you really look like you want to talk. I honestly, I'm just really enjoying the conversation because I feel like you guys are reading every thought I've had. <laughs> I loved this Sawayama's album, and I do think there's so much of this song, like this album, where the songs just feel so connected even when they're talking about different things or they're musically building different ways um and i think it was just it was very clever because it's it's a great album it keeps you like pumped up but then you get down to the heart of it and it's doing a lot and i mean a lot of all of these albums are touching into racism or um personal failures and heartbreaks um but this idea of like mixed identity, I think, is really touched on in this album beautifully and so well. And I just, oh, I love this this album. I feel a little about how Ryan talked about Barty Strange, where just, I can't wait to hear the next album. Mm-hmm. I it talk like the eclectic music inspirations. She is one where I think this is not an album to me. This is a collection of songs because Comme mm-hmm. de Garçon and like STFU exclamation point are so sonically different and not I, I, I maybe it's fear fear of new umlaut metal coming back because of her <laughs> and she uses it really well sometimes that surprised me and other times I'm like it just is reminding me of songs that were awful uh, she and, did and, Cassie oh sorry no I was just like she did actually write so those songs are written all separately like it was her trying to make it because this album is her first one and it was her trying to first. make it onto the scene so she had written like four and it wasn't until like hit records or something like would finally listen to her and they accepted like four, five of her songs. And then we're like, you can, you're greenlit for like a couple more. So it's, it is a jumbled album because it was like her first one and the only way she could get in. Yeah. And I understand. I, I think I respect that, but it feels that spaghetti at the wall it where does. Dua Lipa is a rare, great pop album in mm-hmm. a, in a world where pop just wants singles. Hers, there's an insane amount of work behind it. When it says, like, she brought in all of her friends, she really, like, they almost did that where, like, they didn't, but, like, where you rent out a house, you essentially, she, they all lived in this recording studio, and, like, she goes to, like, a vocal coach who, like, teaches her how to just, like, say certain words to bring home an emotion, like, uh, which one is it, the, like, Star Wars one? Uh, which freaking one is that? One of the songs, like it's, uh, she has to say, like her coach told her to say it with a smile. So like every, there's a lot of detail into each song, and that's why it seems so like precise, and why five singles came from it because there's every song is super intentional. Does it at all to anybody else feel um like it has slightly less soul than the Rina Sawayama? album though for like maybe and maybe it's kind of related to that because it's a little bit of a 
a kludge of a bunch of different people perfecting oh. something rather than. Oh, I think that the so Dua Lipa album is like calculated in the best way. Like, mm-hmm. how do you did we perfect mm-hmm. pop? Did we pour the the beakers into the beakers and then perfect pop? I have never heard an album like I said earlier this tight, and mm-hmm. yet, Sawyer over here is fucking going nuts. <laughs> so I don't know. What this is like the the warts and all first album. Here's my everything. Kinda, yeah. It's not polished yet, yeah. but. Almost like early Regina Spector, where she's like making so much noise and doing so many weird things with her voice. And you know that she's going to find a way to refine that. Mm -hmm. Um, But even the unrefined version that we have on this album, I'm still like just too excited by, I think, to pass up. I I love how many many artists on this bracket in general took the Bjork like Uh joke, is this music? (laughs) And made it very good. Oh, and I do think right. that, that that like there's a, like an earnestness in Dua Lipa's like I love pop and it's awesome. Yeah. Oh, Whereas yeah. with Suwayama, I think there's a lot of like, isn't this stupid? Like, isn't <laughs> everything we're doing stupid? And at a certain point, I do have to go with what I believe, which is everything is stupid. So I'm going yeah. with Nina. <laughs> oh, are you? You're starting the vote. Oh no, I'm you sorry. I, if if I were to ask, be asked to vote, then maybe I would go. Yeah, that all right, way. we're kicking it off, and I guess Ryan's first. Ryan, your vote is excess. I love. That Dua Lipa album, I really do. This is a bad beat. I think this is a bad beat for both of them. It's a tough draw, yeah. Somebody is going down, and that mm-hmm. sucks. But I think I'm going to have to go with Suiyama. Cassie. Oh, dang. For me, like normally I would t- stick with the experimental one that shows its edges and is just very true and more emotional. But like Dua Lipa's is such a good album. It's hard to deny it. And I, I'm going to go with Dua Lipa. Shit. All right. We got a battle going on, Caitlin. Fuck. Oh my <laughs> God. This is the this is the bracket that I, I didn't want to do because I love both these albums and they're like my two favorite albums of the whole year. So I oh uh I, I'm gonna go with Rina, Rina Sawayama. All right. All right, Greg. Yeah, uh so many good tracks to check out. Uh but Akasaka Sad was the one that like I spent so much time just playing yeah. in, in my head over and over and over again. It's got to be Rina Sawayama. And Greg, we go through this every year, but 512 is typically the March Madness bracket that blows up, right? Isn't it typically 512 that ruins the yeah, whole that, bracket? Yeah, that's the uh, the one that is the upset that is likely but still exciting. Bucks. Right now we are two to two. Uh, Two to two. I really do love this Sawayama album. I think, damn, this is hard. But I do think like it shouldn't be counted against Dua Lipa just because some of the songs feel a bit more universal and not personal. And I do think that like adds to it. But I I have to go with Dua Lipa. It's future nostalgia for me. Dua Lipa moves on, which is not upsetting in the bracket, but is upsetting to the room. It looks like upsetting to me personally. We're going to take a quick break and come back for your next battle. Hola, Felterinos. I just wanted to interrupt real briefly and say thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. If you want to support us a little more directly, you can go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. There, depending on what tier you pick, $1 a month, $5 a month. If you're crazy, anything more than $5 a month, don't do that. You can get extra content. There's extra shows, extra series, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, you could pay for ryan to draw you a picture uh, i can write you a poem you can get the shirts off our very own backs 
all of that and so much more over at patreon.com slash your pop filter while you're on the internet you should check out shady monk he does all the tunes you've been listening to he's on Bandcamp. he's on spotify uh, soundcloud wherever kids get their music these days that i'm too old to know shady monk lives there uh, you can probably follow him on twitter and instagram as well that's shady monk wherever you get music check him out all right your next battle is another far spread i know how to talk about these things it's your number two seed Phoebe Bridger's Punisher. <laughs> Based on the Marvel comic of the same name. I do not want to hear his debut album. <laughs> Frank Castle's fucking rap rock. Family's dead. really glad she talked about how weird it is for payphones to still exist. <laughs> Versus your number 15 seed, Chloe times Hallie, Ungodly Hour. Which is 10 p.m. Yeah. It's an ungodly hour for people to be awake at 10 p.m. It's a hope Hearing this track off this album, you're like, oh, I get what this album sounds like. And (laughs) like some parts of it do sound like this, but this is another one of these like albums that has a lot of different sounds from track to track. Early opinion from Greg, as the late, great Cyndi Lauper said, girls, they just want to have fun. It's all about what type of fun they want to have. For Phoebe Bridgers, the fun is subdued singer-songwriter style of fun that cuts her heart open for your subtle enjoyment. For Chloe and Hallie, it's what it's like to fuck to 102.7 Kiss FM in 1996. <laughs> Cassie asks you this. What kind of fun are you needing right now? Oh, I should say that a different tune. Cassie asks you this. What kind of fun are you needing right now? Yeah. Mike, settle down a beat. Jesus. HR. Can we get HR in here? Oh, I am the head of HR. Oh. HR. Get another HR in here. For... <laughs> for me personally i need like phoebe bridgers was more more the vibe i was going for like it's the string work that was so spectacular in this album and to have it this felt yeah. like a score like every song is a score to a movie and kind of set a whole scene so i love this because it brought my full attention where like <laughs> uh chloe times Haley or chloe and Haley. i think it's chloe they, uh, <laughs> the however it yeah. is <laughs> <laughs> love that one um but like this felt almost like a work in progress it was very and they're young as hell it seems like they're finding their so sound still they're can they i just say this at, and i love the album they're young as hell it felt like somebody was so, some director was making a movie in the 90s and they were like we need somebody to write new music that sounds like it's old music and chloe and hallie did that so good <laughs> it was guys this is all of the songs that I've ever mm-hmm. finger banged a girl to. This was <laughs> that. <laughs> and we just hope you actually have sex with Ryan. <laughs> Maybe on their next album. We're pulling for you, buddy. I do feel like there was more to the sound than than just that 90s R&B sound. Oh, Greg right? wants to get finger banged. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I just I feel like there was definitely those notes in there, but I, I thought it was a little bit more of a diverse sound than that. Well, plus the other thing too is that they're not making fun of the '90s sound. Like they're, yeah. I'm old enough to now have like people go back to my past and want to do that again. Instead and of just go, you idiot, you lived yeah. during this. And they're, were you uh, surprised that at no point somebody in the middle of their songs went girl? Yeah, I'm sorry, I cheated on you. But that's the thing, though, is that they're appreciative of their past as like it's retro, as opposed to like making fun of it. Like they're earnestly enjoying the sounds of the '90s and trying to redo it again, uh, and that's pretty. We're all cool. young and dumb sometimes, and it it's a lot of songs about uh, how complicated it is to be young and attractive, yeah. and like on the dating scene, and dry. <laughs> yeah, it's very much like we're all gonna fuck up. Just do it, like yeah, and not and not like never, never apologize, but just like embrace that you don't know what life is yet, and that's okay. Which is an interesting, and that you're all take. hurting each other, yeah, like <laughs> that your mm-hmm. actions are constantly hurting other people, and you're yeah. constantly being hurt by the actions. I mean that that's what it is. Like it reminds me of being like twenty two or twenty three. Like yeah. everybody is just lacerating each other constantly with their emotional actions. I I briefly taught young college students and because when you teach young people you can't just teach them the subject you also have to like mentor them Uh which is stupid and i told them that i was like you're all gonna fuck each other over and hurt each other just do it stop being guilty about it just do it and that's what this album feels like it's saying but like don't do it very different teachers but like (laughs) (laughs) uh but like get over it quickly like try not to do it but you will feel bad and move move on (laughs) move on dot org Oh, this song. Yeah, this is the one I was thinking oh. in particular. Yeah, the, from it coming... Eat- sorry, Books Go. I just felt like, did anyone else... Were they waiting while listening to this whole album? I was like, in the vibe. It felt so much like a 90s, early 2000s R&B. Like, this is a song you're going to fuck to. I kept waiting for a build, though. And I felt like I was on the edge mm. of my seat waiting yeah. for... When are they Something gonna come? More. Yeah, or <laughs> yes. Uh, That's Caitlin, when are they gonna get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> like they never belt, right? But, Is that what you're saying? No, it's yes. It stays very the same mm. tone. Yeah. We're getting the same. But Canada, there's a secret song. You had to listen longer. There's a secret song with them being like, "Oh, we're pregnant. Oh my God, we're pregnant." Oh. <laughs> Caitlin. <laughs> Uh, I'm with I'm with books where I liked this album. There's nothing I don't like about it. It's just it does feel like it is it. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for something just a little bit bigger or better. And I feel like this is a great starter album for them. And I <laughs> feel like they have a lot coming for them. But I don't I don't know if this is my <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. But yeah, th- this I feel like they yeah. could do better is- later. Right now, Phoebe Bridgers. All right. Uh, sounded like weird. a Twilight. Weird Zero. way to argue the other way. Yeah, it's a weird way too. to vote against Phoebe so. Bridgers. Uh, oh, this no. is, I think, uh, Ungodly <laughs> Hour is the most forgettable album of the bracket. And it's still, there's good songs on it. It's a good year. I actually don't. I think there's a couple of more forgettable. But yeah, this one is, it's just, it's just music, you know? It's just, <laughs> eh, here we go. Yeah, I think it definitely wins the award for mm-hmm. most likely to impress us with a sophomore effort, mm-hmm. but this feels like not yeah. quite there yet. And yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's anybody's favorite genre of music. And so, right. you know, I mean, like, imagine if this were a ska 
album. Oh, yeah. I wonder what she thinks of me. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. <laughs> it hey, is it up. Also, but Chloe and Hallie, be careful because if I know it, girls that are in this era making music like this, one of you guys is going to backstab the other and then hate the other one. I so, would love to hear the cover of The Boy Is Mine. I like to think they're just going to smooch. <laughs> I know you do, Greg. Let's vote and get out of that books. Oh, it's Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah, the album we didn't talk about at all. The one we didn't mention one time. The album we didn't touch about because we know we're going to talk about it later. Yeah, that one. Cassie? Greg? I actually have read a lot of the Punisher comic books, so I understand sort of the deeper themes. (laughs) Phoebe Bridgers. I wish she had a song called Warzone on this. (laughs) Caitlin? It makes me. Oh my god! Obviously, the Twilight Ryan, album is Phoebe Bridgers. Do we do we have any uh, clean sweeps so far? <laughs> no. Nope, this is going to be the first clean sweep. Yeah, letting I think that, everybody also know what I'm going to vote. I think that if we want somebody to go against Fiona Apple's King Kong, it's Phoebe Bridgers <laughs> Godzilla. It's Phoebe Bridgers. There's See, other things say, in the world, Ryan. It's Waxahachie's Mothra, but that got thrown out already. So. <laughs> Phoebe Bridgers Punisher moves on. Also, it's fun to listen to Mike say Phoebe Bridgers. (laughs) Why? Because it's hard to say? It's hard to say. Get get a better name, Phoebes. It is hard to say. Phoebe the Phoebes. Oh, don't say that's the cruelest. Your number seven seed, Bob Dylan, Rough and Rowdy Ways. Oh, shit. Hold on. Uh, no, we're going to take the time. Mike, do you want to build this up a little bit? I want to build this up. A lot of people, they've heard Bob Dylan. They're like, that's Jacob Dylan's dad, right? Did he make music too? <laughs> I love that joke. That's such a good one. <laughs> it never gets old. I'll never with, stop. With those two in particular, there's no better father-son combo. Where to act like you know the son and not the father. Another ship going out. Timeless. And by that, I mean old as hell. I mean, he's like 80 years old, right? Like, like yeah. <laughs> he refuses to learn that there's music that came out post-1959. And yet this is like an evolution of his sound. Like, for sure. Yeah, and just killer blues right there. That This song's dope. I'm going to make fun of it a lot, but this song's dope. Hello, Mary Lou. All right. I guess we have to move on. Versus your number 10 seed, the first of two albums of this group, Salt's Rise. Yeah, coming up to the stage, they covered Bob Dylan. (laughs) Very well. music to fuck to if you never listen to what the lyrics are. Yeah. Salt. Because the lyrics are just like, abortion. Abortion. <laughs> well, that turns me on. Every generation has their speaker of truth, their torch lighter, their voice of the youth. For the 20s, that speaker is Salt. For the 60s and the 20s, that speaker is Bob Dylan. One of two Salt albums on the bracket, untitled, parentheses, rise, close parentheses, is a beautiful soundscape tributed to the protest of George Floyd's murder, among other things. Rough and Rowdy Ways, Bob Dylan's 734th album, also speaks <laughs> to the times. It finds the most famous electric guitar player of all time, voicing his thoughts on today, while keeping the style he's kept around for 50 years. Greg, I ask you this. Which is the album that today's news needs now? <laughs> 
I probably the more of the moment album is Salt's Untitled Rise. But I think that the fact that you could even frame that as a question shows that Bob Dylan actually has a little something to say and actually says it in a in a kind of interesting way on this album. Well, um, anything can be a question, Greg. What'd you say? I said anything can be a question. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I think that I have nipples, be... Greg. Yeah, can, can you know? <laughs> um <laughs> you know, I, I the fact that like Bob Dylan's the number seven seed, it's not like this is the only Bob Dylan album that's come out in, in the last 50 years or so. Um, it's just usually you like, if Bob Dylan comes out with an album, you just ignore it. But this one is like, you know, you download it and you listen to it as homework. And, uh, oh, a 17 minute song. Interesting. <laughs> sure. Mike, Mike I'll, I'll take oh, Greg's step further and say that it's, ve- it's very much better than the Salt album. And uh, maybe the second or third, if not the first best album on the bracket by far. Ooh. So it's almost the third best album by far. It's almost the third best album by far. (laughs) So it is the fourth album, and it's way, way better than the fifth album. It's in the top three, and then... (laughs) And then by far is just something I add to the end of sentences. Yeah, nobody knows what by far means. It's just something people say sometimes. I do like if you listen to the oeuvre of pop filters, uh, you're like, Ryan's young and hip because he says it all the time. And here he's planting the flag and nope, I am the oldest person on this show. Okay, no, hold on. But like, I was not around for Bob Dylan's first album. Yeah. Like, let's make no? that clear. Like, you didn't see him open up in the West Village? Okay, I was not born when Bob Dylan was releasing albums, all right? I just think that maybe sometimes Bob Dylan can compete with Dua Lipa as far as what we have to say. We'll see about that. Does Bob Dylan get physical, Caitlin? Mm. What an... <laughs> Oh, man. I have some feelings about this Bob Dylan album. There's a 17-minute song. You just have to say it one more time. And it's about... Which, uh, which president, Caitlin? president and him getting shot. And then <laughs> him saying it over and over again. <laughs> Fucking Kennedy. <laughs> getting shot. But see, and got it's shot. just all okay, these different a- ways. And just repeating it over again. I don't know. It sounds like an old man musing just into a microphone. And I feel like it's... <laughs> something that you hear while you're at a pizza shop and a guy's doing it and you enjoy it there but i don't feel like Caitlin, this deserves Caitlin to go against like, salt when she says an old man which i feel like is a really great album she can see me right <laughs> yeah she looked at you directly which felt rude uh, all right i'm gonna need somebody else youthful to defend this album books or cassie i it does i was honestly prepared you started to books not enjoy this album i was very apprehensive going to listen to it i do think there's a lot of musing going around there's a lot of music but they're they're there, yeah. thought out they're not just no rambles it does not feel like he's just throwing his thoughts into a microphone if you listen to that first song i contain multitudes like there is a lot going on in the songs that he is singing and i think there's like there's just a lot of themes, a lot of references, but I yeah, it's 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 rude. It feels rude like... to say he's just musing when we all we haven't done it yet. But in our silence, gushed about Phoebe Bridgers, which is arguably a young woman musing into a microphone, musing. or Waxahachie. 
Or Waxahachie. But I, I didn't want to use that, Ryan. I didn't want to use that because everybody but you and I voted her the fuck out. So I was using somebody else. People like. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think my, my, my complaint, if I have one about this album, or my reason for, for not voting for it, would be the kind of the same complaint I always have about Bob Dylan, which is that lyrically, it's very interesting. And musically, it's interesting for about a minute, and then it repeats mm-hmm. for however many minutes the song is. Seven and a half has, or nine minutes. Yeah, he has or always 17. felt very comfortable just using the same sort of like mm-hmm. melody over and over and over again in these really long songs. And the idea feels like it's supposed to be like, well, the words are poetry. Well, like, I, but like do a little bit more musically. I, and, and that's how I, w- I, I was left with this album. Yeah. I liked it. I thought it was, it was very good. I think it's super impressive that he could have an album that even gets us uh, like talking about yeah, I him. think it's the strongest album in years. Oh, yeah. Like since like his glory days. I mean, it's, this is like a, this is a good yeah. Bob Dylan album. So, uh, but it's just, it's I, not like as exciting as it is to listen to like basically any track on Rise. You know, I mean, which just sounds it, so interesting it's not as exciting but there is an advantage to having that like kind of unifying sound because it did make me pay attention to the Mm. lyrics more i wasn't forgetting the messages that were coming yeah it's lyrics forward you know it's not like it's not a bunch of music in your face and then the lyrics are in the background (laughs) and that's never what it was it's always lyrics forward and then there's going to be a little bit of guitar in the background and some people uh, just can't handle that shit. And if they vote against him, <laughs> and, they- and it's an interesting matchup. <laughs> Ryan seemed like he's going to get rude, so I'm going to cut him off. Uh, it's an interesting matchup because uh, so it's our oldest uh, artist on here, and one of our newest ones. Uh, Salt is a unknown duo from the UK. People don't know who they are. I'm assuming the people Mike, recorded with them do. Mike, we can say it now. It's me and Mike. Me it's and Mike right. have two albums. So on the we've been doing this thing. Uh, some people call it cultural <laughs> appropriation. But we say it's appreciation. Is it, it's only two people because it sounds like well, they they have people. so many featurings, <laughs> okay. right? They they work with a bunch, but Salt, whoever that is, is, is two. Oh, um, I've been led to believe. I don't fucking know. It's me. Yeah, and Ryan. isn't it a mystery? Um, and they are the exact opposite, where they are very music forward, even though their songs are about. Uh, important, very timely things. The lyrics are in the background and almost another musical instrument when they get like a choir of people to repeat the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking about lyrics, that's obviously everything about Bob Dylan and what this album, he's music, his music sound didn't grow at all, but he wasn't as pretentious with his lyrics. He was more straightforward with this one. So I enjoyed that, that he didn't have to feel like <laughs> as much as poetry. Like we get it. You read books and like he brought, he was like, you know what? I don't need to I make mean, this as interpretive anymore. And I was like, thank you for that. He said he was Anne Frank. Oh, he's pretentious as hell. How many roads must a man walk down before he called him a man? I'm not like, what could that mean? I feel like he's always a pretty, he's leans into that plain poetry. Straightforward. So, Cassie, you're just dumb, is what I'm trying to say. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Note taken. Thank you okay, for that. Fair enough. Jokes. Fair enough. <laughs> Jokes. It's time to vote, and I already assume I know how this is going to go. Greg. So, one thing I have to say about Bob Dylan, I really like the way he utilizes the, how much his voice has changed. I feel like this album, he learned to work with it, not against it, and I, I appreciated that. Um, I was blown away. I thought it was a great album, but um, Salt just... I, I don't know. It sounds like um, it sounds like the next thing in music instead of like seven things ago in music. Mm-hmm. Books. 
I so I didn't really talk much about salt because I I do want to talk about it more, but I felt like I needed to defend Bob Dylan because I genuinely was one of those people approached this album thought I was not going to like it, and I really enjoyed it. But with that said, I do think salt is still better. So salt gets my vote. All right, Ryan is too mad to talk, but I am hearing his vote is for Bob Dylan. It seems like he's not too mad to talk anymore. Ryan, you've cooled down. What's your vote? I'm okay. I took a lot of breaths. Does my vote matter? <laughs> your vote, you're, you're only the third vote. I know you, you, you read it out there, man. You couldn't listen to anybody anymore. I loved this Swolt album called Rise. Or I'm sorry, untitled, untitled parentheses Rise. But uh, Bob Talk Dylan. Talk about pretension. Sort of People seems are saying, like we're talking about Bob Dylan's pretension there, but Salt, I would not call an unpretentious <laughs> band. Um, the Bob, D- Bob Dylan album is in the top three of the year, for sure. If you don't agree with me, then you're stupider than me. That's just a fact. Uh, it's Bob Dylan. I honestly thought it would take way sooner in the night for that kind of oh, argument to start slipping in. Really? I can't believe it took... Yeah. No, I was, I was going to say, I can't believe it took this long. We're in agreement. Yeah, but you were angry about it, which I enjoy. Cassie. Oh, really? I think you made a really good point, bro. I think you know what you're talking about. Cassie. You- we yes um i mean like i thought i was gonna hate the bob dylan album i could like bear to listen to it but if somebody put it on while i was in the car in the room with them <laughs> oh, i see, would this fucking is the perfect hate them yeah. album. so it's right. gonna, it's gonna I, be salt. i'm gonna slip in <laughs> uh this might be the kind of two things trying to get through the door at the same time and one is obviously better and it's not untitled rise but i agree i did not expect much from bob dylan and was blown away by this album my vote is for bob dylan Caitlin, you're the final vote. Take it away. It's obviously you salt. salt. I knew that's why I had to you jump in there. <laughs> so Salt's rise moves on. Yeah. Bob Dylan, he did not show up I for his Nobel salt. Prize, but he is going to show up to scream at all of us in person. Yeah, I really <laughs> hope that we get to argue about which of the two Salt <laughs> should move on. Yeah. I hope they get to face off against each other. I want to hear all of you. I'm not going to talk. I'm just going to sit back and try to listen to those arguments. And we all just this, chant Salt. <laughs> We are going to take the quickest of breaks, and when we come back, your penultimate battle of round one. Well, that is very, very funny, or very sad, and perhaps now you have something to think about, or very problematic, and perhaps we have something to think about. But in any event, I'm sure you have some reaction to what you're listening to, so why not check us out on the social media? You can go to Instagram or Twitter and find us at yourpopfilter, email contacts at your pop filter hey everybody keep watching them movies your number three seed is taylor swift's folklore oh my goodness is it the only album by taylor swift that will be in this bracket much to the chagrin of many like our like our fans giving like us a our hard fans, time like some of her producers vintage tea brand new phone Did you imagine if we had Four albums by just two different artists. Yeah, half the fucking. I guess <laughs> that's a quarter swolt? of the bracket is two artists. Yes, <laughs> this album's really good. It is versus your number fourteen seed, The Weekend, After Hours. Is it? It is. Uncut Gem Zone, The Weekend. The Weekend. Thank you. 
song from the future and the past. Yeah, from the future. No matter what it is, 80s. sonically reminding us cocaine is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like oh, I can man. dance all night. My face is so numb, and I should. T Swift and The Weeknd both have pop culture personas every bit as important as their music. Swift is the pop impresario whose biographical style, which at times reads like a complicated set of hints or clues, has us always searching for the woman inside the music. The Weeknd is the dispirited party boy, failing to stay one step ahead of the anhedonia despite binging on all of life's luxury, drugs, and sex have to offer. They're not sex with jewels from Uncut Gems, and I bet that's why he's sad all the time. Caitlin, I ask you this. Which of these artists did a does a better job leading into and evolving their image on these albums and which of these two would be happier if they had a little Greg in their lives wow good questions Mike the second one was off the cuff are you pointing this towards somebody or can we all jump in I started by saying Caitlin but thanks for answering for for these two albums uh, I think Taylor Swift did a great job at making a very different album than her previous ones because I feel like her Previous albums read more like a um, like People magazine kind of like spilling her guts about her personal life, where this one is more of what if I didn't tell everyone about myself? What if I did that and put in some whimsical things and it'd be a lot of fun? And then The weekend comes over here coming off his, you know, Uncut Gems <laughs> lifestyle and he throws in two really great songs and then a bunch of other oh, okay shit. songs. That's, um, that's what it said on the album cover. Yeah. Two really great two songs. Great songs. <laughs> yes. And a lot of other songs two you can really fuck great to. songs. <laughs> um, so uh, I, as for who would like to have a baby Greg, I think I think probably Taylor Swift would. I think uh, The Weeknd would have a baby Greg, but then forget him um, at oh, no. the McDonald's or the Why does that somewhere or at the casino. I can't wait to hear T Swift's revenge song against Greg. He was too nice. He cared too much about my emotional well-being. <laughs> She has a lot of cats. You're going to love it there, I think Greg. the thrust of the question is, is, does Taylor Swift need me as a boyfriend, or does The Weeknd need me as, like, a best friend? <laughs> I think yeah. The Weeknd needs you. I think Taylor Swift needs him. I think that she Greg got the big has house that, in Rhode Island. Yeah, which is what Greg is into. Yep. And then Taylor Swift is into, like, fucking sensitive men who will tell her what she needs to hear. I think that Greg and Taylor would make an... Greg and Taylor is like what he dreams of <laughs> yeah. as an ultimate combo. He says my name in bed, but I can tell it's not the same like Taylor that I am. To me. <laughs> after this, <laughs> after this album, though, I feel like the weekend just needs Greg around to tell him it's okay <laughs> to feel what you're feeling, and then pay him some compliments. But like that's just... then we're putting Greg in a situation where he has to save the weekend, and I don't think the weekend's ready to be saved right now at this point that's in this true. album. You know, that's just going to be hurtful to Greg to put him there. It's still middle of heartbreak. Needs to run its course mm-hmm. a little bit. Hey, Mike saves the weekend is the best '90s TV movie I've ever watched. <laughs> Ryan, uh, like I was just gonna go. Re- like you have so many people to lasso. I'm just gonna go real quick. Um, Folklore is an incredible album, and After Hours is like mediocre plus. This is the easiest decision yeah. of all brackets. Every other uh, every other battle, I had to think about it a little bit. This one is fucking stupid, and I'm out. Uh, I earlier said another album is the most forgettable album, and I already forget which album I said that about. This is actually the most forgettable album of the year. But like, it has, this, it has this 180 song. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Caitlin, I think nailed everybody's opinion. 
I'm declaring right away of two great songs. <laughs> and they're like so, so yeah. good. But the rest is yeah. all this sort of like sad. Well, like you said in the intro, sad party boy stuff. And it's like, that's a lot to carry an entire album. Mm-hmm. Every song is like, oh, mm, turn the bass up. Uh, I have to have a 14th song on the album. Okay, uh, here we go. <laughs> and they're and all just, just basically like, I was there. Jules and I were backstage together. <laughs> it was like, it was so close. I almost got there and I'll never I'm see s- her again. I'm starting to think it's not the weekend's obsession <laughs> with Jules that drive. It might be this show. I feel like maybe I don't understand what the weekend's doing because I know he's bringing a persona to this and I believe this was like the trilogy to it. But it's hard to, like, it's just, like, constant songs of, like, I'm a fuck up and I'm proud of it, so you're going to fuck me anyhow, even though I'm a terrible also, piece of shit. Oh, I'd and, like, yeah. I feel like I this, it. I have to say, with The weekend, I feel like this is not a guy that actually cares that much about sex, but knows that he has to sing about mm-hmm. it a lot. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's why he's sad. Yeah. <laughs> that, it, there's that... Didn't feel like a true insight to who he was. This felt definitely like a falsified. Whereas Folklore, this is Taylor Swift's first album where she's writing more about fictional stories. But I feel like we still got more of Taylor Swift Mm -hmm. in that album than we got of The Weeknd. The Weeknd had a song and it said, I fucked a girl in the studio. And like he said it and I didn't even feel it. (laughs) Like whereas like I feel gross sometimes when people go like that. I don't know. I didn't even care. It was like, okay, so you fucked a girl in the studio. Also, you couldn't even, I didn't, that it didn't even hit also, me. Also, like, Taylor Swift has a bunch of good lyrics, but uh, on this album, The Weeknd said, I'm going to fuck this girl in the future. I'm going to give her that Philip K. Dick. Yeah. And that's, that is a perfect line. <laughs> is that your argument good. for The Weeknd? Yes? Oh, uh, no. No, there is no argument for The Weeknd up against Tay Tay and Folklore. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that line, though, I love. I'll listen to that, whatever song that is, a lot. Uh, does anybody want to say anything nice about the weekend before we just move Taylor on? That one song really is so good. Blinding lights, Blinding yeah. lights, so good. <laughs> Very Blinding good lights song. It's a bop. That's it's a great so example, fun. Mike, of it one that I'll pull yeah. and put on a playlist to work mm-hmm. out too. Because like, there's just not there's not a lot of redeeming workout stuff on the album, but the one song right. is like a great, especially like beginner, get you heated up. Yeah. 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 Only one. <laughs> And I always think it's going to go into aha, uh-huh, but uh-huh. it never does. <laughs> You're going to be a drawing somehow? <laughs> I'm a drawing somehow. <laughs> I guess that would be your dialogue, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Taylor Swift's folklore moves on. Goodbye, the weekend. We all have the Sunday scaries. <laughs> and it was our choice. Your final battle of round one is Salt's second album of the year, second album of the bl- bracket. Black is untitled parentheses black is close parentheses. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. I was like, I well, what are you talking right. about? Is this a different one that I've never heard of? Oh, yeah. yeah, see, this is an obviously black is song, not rock. <laughs> I listened to this one a lot more. This is such a good song. It's a better album. Yeah. <laughs> then Rise or Perfume Genie? Well, we're going to see Ryan. It's going up against, spoiler alert from Ryan, your number 11 seed, Perfume Genius, Set My Heart on Fire, Later No, Immediately. Uh Such a good song. I think this album will always be better than you remember. Yes? (laughs) That's on the sticker of the album, too. (laughs) 
That's why he's a genius. <laughs> a perfume genius. All right. So let me get this straight. We got an album about the beauty and magic of the black experience, despite its hardships and agonies, released on Juneteenth and perhaps the most important year for civil rights in the century. And we have an album by a middle-aged white guy who's working with a more laid-back attitude and only looking to please himself. That's a bit reductive, but Ryan, I ask you this. Which album explores its themes while making music can you still let wash over you? Perfume Genius's exploration of queer themes and ode to 80s pop and classic rock music with dashes of Baroque pop? Or Salt's jazz-infused electronic soul protest album? Okay, thank you for putting me on... Uh, vocal alert, and I will say this: that uh, I think that Salt's Swalt's Rise, uh, it has like a more open mind and does way more stuff than Black is, which is a little too confined and a little too like I need thematically, video- musically. Yeah, thematically, I think that yeah, I, I need some video sort of for this album because mm. it's a lot of like me just sitting there watching, whereas. Perfume Genius was not my favorite. This was not my favorite Perfume Genius album, but I realized something while listening to this, and that was pronouns. And I think that a lot of gay artists will say you or they. Mm. So eh, all straight listeners can make sure that they feel like these are their love songs too. And when he's like him, literally him, that boy, that boy is doing this shit to me. That felt new to me. I liked how open and honest that was. Uh, I think that Rise is Salt's Swalt's, um, open album. I think that Black is a, a more performative album. And I think that Perfume Genius is, is a little more open and honest about that artist. Yeah, I think his song Jason is one of like the most Jason is hot, mainstream, Am I openly queer, <laughs> yeah. uh, sexy songs. Like, yeah, it, it, you're right. It's not hidden and it's throughout the album that's the the song that definitely kicks it right in the nads also you're dealing with three straight up dudes on this podcast right now who have had a crush on the same jason and i bet that hit hard like to love jason the opening to this perfume genius album uh, half of my whole life is gone and the way he performs it that is got to be on a short list for best openings especially when you look up how old he is and it's the same exact age as you um but then the next lines are about like you know just letting it all wash away letting everything that's passed just wash away and that's like i think such a nice message you know yeah it's a lot of it has gone by but it you can't grip onto it tighter and make it come back you know you, you can just let it float away this is not my favorite Perfume Genius album either. In fact, I think it might be my least favorite Perfume Genius album, but I do get that. It's, I would say that too. Yeah, you would also say it's my least favorite Perfume Genius album? Yeah, I, I agree that, that it is Greg's <laughs> least favorite. But uh, I do think it is the most nakedly him, and that's beautiful. But I really liked his... Elect- like, I like him. Even the sample, the song you played, Ryan, it's more of like electronica than a lot of the, the, the tracks on this album. And I missed his more... You know the sounds from his last couple albums. I did want him to punch more. You know, I wanted yeah. him to like punch <laughs> and then, holes in the wall. And, it's a little too introspective and quiet. Uh, like, yeah, and fuck instead that, of dude. drink with your friends, I'm going to drink it, in the chair alone. Yeah, that I guess that is. Yeah, I wanted you know the the epic um, sachet song from like from uh, from the last album, or just he has so many of these songs that just like are epic and cinematic. 
and he has those moments on this album but the album itself feels like he's trying to please himself in the same way that i felt like Haim was kind of trying to please themselves more and that's cool but it's like it's less pleasing to me and maybe that's not important but it just that happens to be the way it is i so like this album just felt so personal in introspective it was almost unsettling <laughs> and creepy like i was getting a little too much i know what his rent is due this is crazy and I, <laughs> yeah. but and i i feel like that's a bad criticism because that's like truly being an artist but it, i don't know if i mm. appreciate well, yeah, it's, it it's, it's hard so. to div- divide between introspection versus self-absorption right yeah sure mm-hmm. cassie thoughts on that uh, for <laughs> that is that is a hard division for sure. I'm not gonna bring much to this because honestly, like, there's nothing to be gained from this. I can't listen to his album without getting dizzy as fuck. So dizzy <laughs> can't get through. Yeah, I literally there's something about the combination of like music and beats that I literally Whoa, get dizzy. That's so in a fun way, it's or? fucking weird. No, in a in a I can't stand way. It's fucking weird. But I'm sure it is a great album. <laughs> Cassie just has vertigo. Yeah. Yeah, it's vertigo. <laughs> and, you know, Perfume Genius, the genius really brings it out. The combination that he put into that perfume knocks me out every time. Caitlin, do you get dizzy or do you have something positive to say about Perfume Genius? I think that is positive. No. But sorry. She said she hated it. <laughs> no. no. Me? No, I, I didn't hate Perfume Genius. Uh, I could listen to it. Um, and I thought it, I thought it was like a pretty... Like like Chloe and Haley, where it's like it, I didn't like not like anything about it, but uh, besides like Jason, that I like I like that song. I don't know. I don't know if it was like a big standout album for me. There's just a lot of albums that we listen to that are much more out there. And he's this one usually, kind of he's usually like, oh, that was good. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Like so, we look to him for that. So it's, it kind of it breaks our heart when we don't get it. So, is this is it, mainstream then? Is it a case of expectation? I don't know if it's mainstream, if it's he, it's more quiet. Yeah, this is the album that was inside him, ultimately. So, like, you have to give credence to that. I don't think he's trying to be mainstream. I think he's trying to be very honest to something in him that's a little quieter because he's half But that makes me gone. think that, like, his previous two albums were experimental Feels- because mm-hmm. he thought that's what people wanted. And now this or one he's is, doing like... It every- is like no, I'm I'm not going to do that anymore because now I have the like the 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 following to not have to do that, and now we're all bored by it. Or he's getting old, he's getting tired and and less flashy. I this is the first time I went, oh shit, I really got to check out Perfume Genius. I have the yes. exact opposite for most people. It, this lit my brain on fire. Where other times I listen to a song, immediately. Like, yeah, that's pretty cool, but it, it it lit my brain on fire immediately. <laughs> uh like I think your your body changes everything. It hits those standout like you said cinematic moments greg in in ways that it wasn't it didn't feel like see what i can do with music it like just did it naturally um yeah i, I think he scores every skeleton twin style indie movie but are we <laughs> like, doing, are we doing that thing be, are we talking about pg so hard because we know black is is going to move on it feels like that's the vibe of everybody but me and me yes. <laughs> but i do think let's talk about black is uh actually no, I, I think they should move on. Black Is, I think, is the better album between Black Is and Rise. It's crazy that Rise moved on to me, uh, especially who it was up against. But it seems like it's time to vote. I guess I voted, and I voted for Black Is. Books? Uh, it's going to be Black Is. Yeah, I just I think it was, it was Greg. better. 
Yeah, I love Perfume Genius. It's so hard because you end up saying things about albums as if they're bad. It's not a bad right. album. It's very good. It's very interesting. And I think even maybe in time, it'll be considered one of his stronger albums. But maybe it's just not of its time or something like that. I saw this album, Black Is, blew me away. Very cool. Moving on. All right, we're three for Black Is. Ryan. I thought that Black Is was uh, a little bit too much like of a museum piece that Rise didn't do. I thought that Rise was a lot better. Uh, I'm going with Perfume Genius and Cassie and Caitlin. Come on. Here we go. <laughs> well, all right. We'll guess what Cassie is going to say. Cassie. By guess, I mean ask her. I forgot what word <laughs> mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It's uh, Black Is. You don't have to be sorry. One made you dizzy. Caitlin. <laughs> Caitlin for posterity. Uh, um, I, uh, Perfume Genius was a, was a fine album. Black is made me feel a lot more things. So fine is like the worst compliment you can pay a yeah. <laughs> unless it's, it's for wine. Album. Yeah. Wine or lovers can be fine. <laughs> Black is moves on, which means two albums by Salt will be in the next round. That is your first round, and that is your first part of album of the year. We are going to take a break. You're going to take a week off from hearing our voices talk about music. Uh, be safe. Have a pleasant tomorrow. Keep listening to those albums.